Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, Tide fans? Stacey Blackwood here from Tide Talk Live with another episode. Sitting here with my good buddy, Jake Thomas, as we kind of get back in the groove of things after a, a week off, after the the A-Day game wrapped up. Now we can kind of get back in the swing of things and, and talk some more football. Uh, Jake, first of all, how you doing? Doing great, man. Uh, it's been uh, been pretty much a lazy Saturday for me. I ain't done much of anything. Just rested up from work week. Uh, how about you, brother? Man, I'm doing good. Cannot complain one bit. Excited to be here. Excited to be back doing another episode as we mm-hmm. kind of dive into some depth chart talk. I know that's Nick Saban's favorite uh, subject sure. is, is the depth chart. So yeah. we're going to do our best to kind of go through that. Uh, we're going to do it position by position. Uh, you know, each position group on both offense and defense is going to kind of be looked at as we kind of dissect the roster and kind of give our thoughts and opinions on what the depth chart may look like. And uh, we can't do this without starting with the quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. wow, what a crazy spring it's been for the quarterbacks. And then once A-Day wrapped up and the transfer portal kind of hit, uh, another addition was made, a surprising addition was made. And so that just kind of adds fuel to the fire of the quarterback competition there in Tuscaloosa. And I think it's going to be really fun to kind of look at this, Jake, and, and kind of project our depth charts. And I don't know what yours is going to look like, and you don't know what mine's going to look like, but we're going to kind of talk through this and walk through this together and uh, give everybody our thoughts and opinions on that. But before we do that, as always, make sure you hit that notification bell. Uh, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, jump in the comment section and give us your depth chart for the quarterbacks here in 2023. Three, uh, kind of the post-spring depth chart, I guess you could say, because I'm sure it's gonna gonna kind of change a little bit once fall camp arrives uh, in Tuscaloosa. All right, Jake. Look, Jalen Milrow spent all spring kind of taking the reps as the number one quarterback. Uh, he took the reps as the number one quarterback uh, in the in the A day game. Ty, Ty Simpson took the reps with the number twos. Uh, then you got the two true freshmen and Dylan Lonergan and, and Eli Holstein, who you expect are really going to be backup reserve players in the fall, but then Nick Saban, Tommy Reese bring in Notre Dame transfer Tyler Buckner into the fold and kind of shake up that quarterback room. Uh, Before we talk about the depth chart, Jake, just your quick thoughts on the addition of Tyler Buckner. Uh, You know, a lot of people was kind of mad about it, but but I'm okay with it because we have talked about competition breeds competition. And it seems like this is what Ty and Jalen need is more competition to help them make that next step, whether it's going to be Jalen making that next step or Ty jumping over Jalen making that next step. Uh, But I I think it's a great idea. Bring in somebody who Reese is familiar with and uh, and just see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Because, look, there's no such thing as too much competition. Right. And, look, you say what you want about Tyler Buckner's game. He has something that that Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson do not have, not even combined, and that is multiple starts at the Power Five level. Right. So, uh, if anything, it's it's some experience. It's it's a it's another guy in the room that can kind of look, uh, you know, at a defense and kind of give you more opinions or more uh, a better understanding of what the defense is doing. So, look, 
I'm all about competition, and I think this is just a, a way. And, and you know, Coach Saban kind of talked about it a little bit at the at the NFL draft. They asked him about it, and he said, "Look, uh, we, we needed more competition in the room." And and you know, whether it's Tyler Buckner, whether it's Jalen Milrow, or whether it's Ty Simpson, uh, I think the addition of Buckner and the addition of more competition is just going to make whoever wins that job that much better. So uh, I, there's no such thing as too much competition. Could there have been a maybe a more sexier addition into the quarterback room possibly but there's there's not really anybody out there jake the good quarterbacks are staying put you know if drake may was available and tyler butner was available and we, and we took butner instead of may then i would kind of be wondering what the heck's going on in tuscaloosa but look <laughs> yeah. coach coach saban has this under control he knows what he's doing butner has experience with reese uh, reese recruited him alabama recruited buckner so it's not it's not like these two it's not like Buckner and Alabama were not, you know, they didn't know about each other. They're familiar with each other. They know about each other. Buckner has some experience. He's He started up in Columbus against Ohio State. He played against South Carolina and played pretty well in the, uh, I think it was the Citrus Bowl maybe, um, this, this last season. So, uh, look, more competition. I love it. You know, is it a sexy addition to the quarterback room? No. Is he an elite Bryce Young playmaker? No. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have a successful quarterback room in 2023. So that's kind of our, our thoughts real quick on the addition of Tyler Buckner. All right, Jake, let's kind of look at this at the depth chart. Uh, this is just post-spring. This is not who we think is going to start for sure on September 2nd against uh, Middle Tennessee State. This is at this particular moment what may – the sixth of who we think QB one is, QB two, QB three, and so forth are at the moment. So, Jake, I'll start with you. Who, who do you think at the moment is quarterback one for Alabama? I think it's still with a slim lead, Jalen Milrow, and then it's Ty, and then Butner coming in be uh, QB three, and, and then of course uh, Lonergan and and Holstein round out the top five for for me. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Jake. I think I think Milrow, there's a reason he took the, the snaps with the first team during A-Day. There's a reason he didn't transfer when a lot of people thought he would uh, once Buckner arrived. Uh, and not that it's still not a possibility. There's still a possibility, you know, somebody transfers out. But I, I don't think there's really been any any indication that, that anybody's going to leave the quarterback room. So I think these three guys are going to be the guys who are com- competing in the fall uh, for the starting quarterback job. But I think at this moment it's still Jalen Milrow's job to lose. Right. That doesn't mean he can't lose it. I just think somebody's going to have to take it from him. Uh, and it's not because – look, Jalen Milrow didn't do anything to, to win the job this spring. But he also didn't do anything to lose his standing of where he was at in the competition. So I'm with you. I think Jalen Milrow is QB1 at this moment. I think Ty Simpson is right there nipping at his heels uh, as QB2. And then Buckner, like you said, is probably quarterback three just because he's new to the room. Uh, right. He's not He's not new to the to, to Tommy Reese. He's very familiar with him. He's, he's, he's ran his plays. But, but he's got to learn the Alabama way. And the Alabama way is not the Notre Dame way. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be a learning curve for Buckner. But he does have something, like I mentioned earlier, that Milrow and Simpson do not have, and that's experience starting a lot of games at the Power Five level. So, uh, I think it's it's going to be a three man race. Uh, I think you're going to see both Dylan Lonergan and Eli Holstein uh, redshirt this year, unless yeah. a lot of injuries pile up at that position, which would really be unfortunate. But um, 
Right now, Jalen Milrow is going to be quarterback one. Uh, Ty Simpson's right there behind him. And, and look, I've talked about how I believe eventually Ty Simpson is going to win this job. I just think he uh, has a different uh, – he, he has what Nick Saban likes, I think, in a quarterback, and that's the ability to be consistently accurate with the football and to make sound decisions. Uh, because, look, we, we've talked about how this album offense is going to take on more of the old-school album offensive mentality where they're, they're physical, they're going to rely on the running game. They need a quarterback. They don't need a Bryce Young at quarterback this year. They don't. Right. Right. Uh, they need somebody that's going to take care of the football and distribute the ball to, to the playmakers, you know, both out of the backfield and out wide to, to the receivers and the tight ends. So uh, I think in the end, Ty Simpson is going to be – Prove to be the guy who can do that mo more consistently than the rest. But right now, Jalen Milrose, QB1, Tyson's right there behind him, and then then the transfer from Notre Dame, Tyler Butner is quarterback three uh, with the two freshmen probably probably going to redshirt here in 2023. And I will go far go as far as saying I, I feel like all three may get their chance to prove what they can do in the first game of the season. Uh, you you may see Miro start the game, then Ty may come in for a couple of series, see how they match up, and then Butner will probably get his shot as well. So you you may have a competition going into into the week of Texas. I hate to say it, you kind of want to know where you're where you're at before a big game like that. But I feel like the way this team's going to be set up this year, we're not like you said, say so. We're not going to need to rely on a quarterback like we needed Bryce in the last couple of years. Because, I mean, look at our stable of running backs that we can lean on this year than what we've had had in the past. Yeah, you're, you're so right, Jake. And, and, look, Nick Saban and Tommy Reese are going to be in a little bit of a conundrum yeah. uh, once once fall camp arrives. If, if somebody doesn't stick out and stand out, Jake, if, if somebody doesn't like, you know, a couple years ago, I think it was the, the – uh, I can't remember who the competition was, probably when Jalen Hurts and Blake Barnett oh, and all yeah. those guys were battling out. You know, Saban kind of – Coach Saban kind of famously said, we need somebody to to take the bull by the horns. Yeah. And so unless somebody does that, you're, you're, you're right, Jake. It's likely that you could see all three against Middle Tennessee State, and you don't know who the guy's going to be against against Texas. And right. and I'm with you. I, I'd be feeling a lot better about the season uh, or going into the season if you knew who the quarterback was. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a famous saying, if, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. If you man, I don't know what they say if you got three. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, it means you're in trouble. I but, guess. But look, I, I look. I think I think it's fair for fans, for for media members, to be a little bit concerned about the quarterback situation in Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a little premature, and I think it's a little uh, over the top to be really, really worried about it. Mm-hmm. Because we've talked about it before, uh, been to the playoffs of Blake Sams and won a national championship with Jack Coker. Yeah, Saban's proved that he doesn't have to have an elite quarterback. Greg McElroy won a quarter, won a national championship as a quarterback, mm -hmm. so it can be done. You don't have to be elite there, but you better be elite everywhere else on the offensive side of the football. And we, I, I think, I think it's fair to say that Alabama, if they're not elite, they're they're right there at it. Yeah, uh, you know, across the other ten positions on the field. <laughs> yeah, you're one hundred percent correct. And I saw a funny, uh, a little post the other day on Twitter that that's completely true. 
the last time Alabama they they said the media said Alabama had a mid quarterback room. It highlighted Blake Sims and Jake Coker. Both of them threw for over three thousand yards. And like you said, uh, Blake Sims won an SEC championship game and got us to the college football playoff. And Jake Coker won an national championship. So yep. as long as Saban is down at, at in Tuscaloosa, I ain't worried about one thing. I, I you know I I may sound like a homer, and, and I guess I am, but I mean he's proven to be the the greatest of the great. Look, I'm I'm going off I'm going off the evidence. Right. The only evidence we have is that Nick Saban gets it done. Right. Hundred percent. So I mean, I, I think, I think we talked about this a lot. I think we talk about it every off season because it seems like every off season, all the media members, and not all, a lot of the media members and a lot of the SEC fan bases say, you know, this is your album that falls off. Look, I guess you could kind of say they did last year when they lost two games on the road, by the, on the final play. I guess they fell off, but yeah. then at the end of the year, you look back and you're like. Uh, they probably were one of the four best teams and probably should have been in the playoff. Okay, that was our down year. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, the proof is in the pudding. Nick Saban gets it done. He's got an answer. And I'm going – that's that's the bet I'm taking. The smart bet is to bet on Nick Saban that he figures it out regardless of who the quarterback is. He finds a way to, to get – look, they've won 10 games, what, 15 years in a row? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, my money's on Saban. And, and all these, uh, I, I see, I see the tweets from from other fan bases that we had to play this year. Keep talking, uh, please. Like I say, just please. keep talking, please. Because you know, Saban loves bulletin board material, and if he needs any kind of motivation to get all these guys ready for this upcoming year, you're giving it to him. So no please, doubt. just keep, just keep talking. No keep doubt. Talking. No doubt. All right, that's going to wrap up our, our post-spring quarterback depth chart projections. Both both Jake and myself believe that right now Milro is still kind of the guy to beat, but it's going to be close between uh, him and Simpson and Buckner. So it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of see how that plays out uh, once fall camp arrives, and we cannot wait for that to happen. And it will be here before you know it, uh, friends. The summer flies by. And, and I can't wait for fall camp to start in August. But uh, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe today and jump in the comments and give us your depth chart projections post-spring. Not who you think it's going to be uh, eventually, but who you think, how you think the depth chart looks at this specific moment. Uh, we look forward to kind of interacting with you there in the comment section. But uh, cannot wait to dive back into some more depth chart talk here uh, this this summer or this off season. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you don't miss any of that content. Jake, cannot wait to get back on here again. Yep. Uh, we'll talk real soon. And until next time, roll tide. Roll tide.